0: I'd like to say rest in peace to Crystal Palace's future. Um, Roy Hodgson's done a great job. um, But, you know, what is there for Crystal Palace but kind of looking like AFC Richmond?
1: (laughs) You know, we might have lost 4-1 to Spurs. and Okay, we lost 4-1 to Spurs, 4-0 to Chelsea, 7-0 to Liverpool, and 4-0 to City all in the same season. But But we are the de facto home of Ted Lasso, and that's enough that's not i
0: mean in fairness you guys probably have the same amount of points taken from the top six as manchester united at this (laughs) yeah we have we
1: we, yeah i mean if you take out those losses like those lopsided losses our goal differential is great and uh we're yeah we're basically like the non-top six united so let's go let's go i'm i'm fine with that open wide
0: So the players that are expiring this summer are Mishi Mishibachiwaii Lone, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Schlup, Mamadou Sako, Andros Townsend, Christian Benteke, Patrick Van Enholt, Tyreek Mitchell, James McCarthy, Nathaniel oh, Klein, hey. James McArthur, Joel Ward, Scott Dan, Martin Kelly, Gary Cahill, Wayne Hennessy, Connor Wickham, and Steven Anderson.
1: Yeah, so that's like they're starting 11 from like 2014. So I'm like... I'm okay with it. Well, they're going to re-sign Tyreek Mitchell for sure.
0: Yes, that's that what I was going to say. I'm like, there's a handful of players there you keep, especially yeah. Tyreek Mitchell.
1: Yeah. But the rest of them, I'm like, and maybe like they'll buy Batch Y because I think he was on an option to buy. I hope so. But <laughs> I mean, like... I uh, mean, like, why, though?
0: If he doesn't even start for you guys. He'd no, he doesn't really on. play.
2: I mean, I guess coming off the bench, like that's not the worst option you could have. But yeah. I mean, if it's him or Mateta, like go with the guy who's developing, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah. he
1: become something. And I think that's what they're trying to scored though, eh? And that's the thing. I was thinking of this, like he is turning it on in a contract year, man. Like he's been good lately. And he's finally getting crosses. And now it's like, do you do you bring him back and then try and sell him like in january or something or do you just i don't know let him walk because i don't really know like i mean what do you guys think like his value is like okay yeah like right now like like, like what, if they were would to pay for him yeah yeah like i mean he's been really bad for like five years except for like the last like three games <laughs> so i'm I, like what's his value <laughs> i feel like he's like five
2: million would be a good deal for palace yeah like that would be good but how old exactly. is
1: he he's like 30 right i think he's turning 30 yeah or just i 30, think 5 million so. would be a good deal for palace yeah um, i mean
0: benteke is absolute like i mean he's one of those players where like he has been not try oh maybe trash for palace um but like he just has that like premier league longevity where there's like a manager that will just be like but i just trust his tenure Even though, like, what do you want to trust? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I think, like, it's funny because we were talking about, like, he would be perfect for... Like, he just needs good players around him to get him the ball. Like, to get (laughs) the ball to his head. Palace hasn't been able to, like, maximize on his skill set for the past few years. and But you see it when he gets a good cross in the box. Like, he's he's, like, so good at at getting to the right spot and getting his head on it and i'm like watching liverpool like these days where it's weird like i was kind of thinking because like it's been so long since they've had to like come back in matches right and liverpool's kind of been playing with a lot of just like because they're they've been trash so they've been trying to like get the ball into the box and like nick that late goal and they just don't have that big striker that can get the ball some in the box so i'm like maybe he goes back there but i gotta know I don't know. Uh, like I I no, don't know if I can really see not, that. He is not a Klopp player to
0: me at all. Yeah. I, I and that's the thing. I don't thing. I don't see it either. To me he is he is your classic like he'll show up at West Brom. Yeah. <laughs> and like at West Brom he's not going to play 5 minutes at West Brom he's going to play 60 minutes yeah or something like that you know what I mean like he's yeah you're right to a lot of teams yeah. he's just the emergency last 10 minutes player but i mean you, there's such disparity in the league that a player of his of his experience and tenure even if he doesn't have the record of late uh he's going to get something he's going to get yeah. he's going to get minutes or, at, a, at a low table club
1: or do you think he goes to like germany or belgium or like a second kind of like a middle mid table like saint etienne or something in france and bags like 17 league goals i don't I, know i don't like, think he goes
2: to france i think france is too technical like not yeah, that he's like right? he's useless not but man. but france is like a technical league I, yeah. I would think he would go back to belgium i would say yeah. maybe west brom like down in the championship maybe he could do something especially yeah. with allardyce but they have
1: diani now so yeah right? i mean that's his, that spot i feel like he'd still command like high wages because he's like he's christian benteke right like he's been there he's like what hope i said he has a tenure he's been there he's done that he scored Premier League goals like he scored against spurs right and like still even in his like diminished form so i don't know like i don't know like maybe like a team like like Ajax or something, just off the top of my head, I don't know if no, I mean, like maybe, no. I don't know if he fits Ajax, that bill. But they brought like because I I'm maybe, like, thinking like they brought like, like Huntelar back, but Huntelaar was could, good. Yeah. Huntelar yeah. played Real
2: Madrid. <laughs> yeah. Like and yeah, Ajax
1: is a
0: very competitive team. Ajax is a strong team. Yeah, uh, and like like I said, like with with the tenure thing, like if he ends up back at Aston Villa, I would not be surprised. Just like just because. He yeah, could go back. The The board has. He played well at Aston Villa. That's why he got sold to Liverpool for so much money. Yeah. But uh, he played well at Aston Villa. The board, he's a player the board will approve of. And if he's going to go over on a free, like why how not? much money could he possibly demand? You can't exactly. demand over 70,000 pounds on he... how many goals does he have this season? Four?
1: Four, I think. I guess he would be like Ollie Watkins' backup. Mm hmm. I want
0: to say, I mean, you were Um, talking about players, talented players, getting them the ball. Jack Grealish and you know Scottish David Silva, John McGinn, McGinho, I call him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like
0: that'd be that'd be Um, a random. I think he ends up at a random middle table club, and and he'll just continue his uh, average career. I, I don't think he goes into
1: nowhere. It's a bit sad. Like I was so hyped when he got to palace and we were all hyped and like, I don't know. I, I feel like he's just kind of miscast. Maybe like you look like you just... wanted to say something there, Adrian. Well, I'm
2: just confused. Like, I don't know. I like, I get it. Like it's sad. Um, he's just, he's just a Belgian Andy Carroll. Isn't he? <laughs> I was, was going right? to say he it didn't it's well right? in Liverpool. <laughs> it's true. But Nuke, Newca- like, he... like he has like, he has. Carroll has Newcastle to come back to. Yeah, I don't know who, where Venteke has to go back to. Maybe Aston Villa, I guess. Yeah. I that's, why, I that, yeah. Um, I, that's yeah. why to me Belgium seems like a more realistic landing yeah. place because, I mean, he does have quality. He made it to the Premier League. He's still doing. He's still playing like in yeah. the Prem. He's scoring some goals, but I don't know. Is he? Is he? Just diminished now?
1: Is is he kind of like his his years are behind him? Lost the confidence. I think, but he's still so good for the national team. Like every time Belgium plays a game, like Benteke scores, and it's it's. I mean, I guess it's not that hard to score when you have Hazard at both Hazards and De Bruyne, like feeding you the ball. I don't know. Like he's he a poacher, play, right? He doesn't so. play
0: ahead of Lukaku. <laughs> like
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it's funny. Like it's like it's Lukaku and then Batshuayi and and Benteke like Menteke and Batshuayi always score for the national team and then you go to Palace and it's like well here's like James McArthur sailing the ball nine million yards over your head and McCarthy getting hurt as he crosses it
0: and I'm pretty sure Belgium like when they don't have Lukaku in the lineup they don't they drop back to a false nine and they play like Carrasco or Mertens Yeah. yeah in that position or something like that yeah is Mertens Belgian? I think he's yeah, yeah he's he Belgian. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, what about Italy ben, for Bentegui yeah. too? Let's think about that. Italy, yeah, yeah. Maybe you I could, could like... see something like that. AC Milan aren't going to yeah. hold on to both Mandzukic and Ibrahimovic after this season. Um, Ooh, and he like he might be thirty and his years might be behind him, but he
2: is still six foot fucking four. <laughs> so. Yeah, fair. And yeah. Maybe, maybe he goes somewhere and, and gets some confidence. But in the meantime, welcome to Soccer Group Chat. Uh, this is the Christian Benteke episode. We've <laughs> devoted, it's going to be extra long, strap in. It's going to be three hours long. Uh, we're going to start with his birth and his
1: parents. And uh... I was going to say, I was going to say one place, one league that he probably won't end up going to, that maybe in previous years, you would be like, oh yeah, Benteke's going to China for sure. He's for sure. He's China bound but maybe this year he's not China bound because maybe no players will be China bound because maybe that league is going to fold. And I know we wanted to talk a bit about that. I was reading about that, that this, the Chinese champions I think is Jang, Su FC um, just up and up and left. They just ceased operations, the Chinese league, all the money in the world and yet they can't keep it together. Yeah, they're p-
2: they're pivoting now. Uh so they're moving away from these like super signings and 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 like big star name uh highly highly paid players uh and supporting them with like Chinese players because they had a cap on foreign players and now it seems like with covid and the financial strain on clubs and now it's less fashionable because there it's it seems to not be so much about like you know, I want to buy a club but it's like I want Xi Jinping to not hate me and he (laughs) wants soccer to be good in China. So I, I, I'm going to curry some favor, but now like, if it's going to fuck up your retail business, maybe not. Yeah. One reason I thought this was interesting because, you know, this happened with Chelsea. I think when Conte was at Chelsea, he was saying this Chinese super league coming in with these huge bids, taking Oscar, taking Ramirez, uh, taking Teixeira from, under Liverpool's nose when they signed it from Shakhtar Donetsk. Mm -hmm. Now that power, that financial muscle that they were pressing into Europe's dominance
1: uh, seems to be gone. I remember reading an article uh, a few years ago about this. I forget where exactly it was, but it was an ESPN article. And one of their reporters traveled to China where they built this like brand new state-of-the-art football academy for like five-year-old kids. Like there was like this, you know, there was, and they had these like drone pictures and it was like a hundred fields side by side, the state of the art training complex where they were supposed to be basically breeding this like football army that was going to compete, you know, for the world cup. And it was, I guess, specifically for like 2022 and 2026. And I don't know. I mean, it just like seemed like China was becoming this like hotbed of soccer talent. And then, and then. And then you know they were buying all these players like like Adrian you mentioned like Ramirez and and Oscar and Hulk and and bidding for Gareth Bale and now for the champions to fold COVID is a big thing but I guess like soccer hasn't taken hold as much as they I guess wanted it to and they thought it would well it's still like it's still one of the most popular
2: team sports in China like basketball and soccer I think are pretty close uh, but you know, soccer's up there. And yeah, like they're, they're more building grassroots. So I think they're sort of trying to spin it from what I've seen. They're spinning it to being like, that was the wrong approach. Let's move on and focus yeah. on development.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. And when you bring up the comparison of basketball, um, China is a strong basketball country. Like they're, they're strong. They, they always win FIBA Asia. Uh, they always make the Olympics uh, and you know, we think of Chinese people as, you know, generically short, but also their team is full of players as tall and sometimes as fast as some American players. Um, and that was the issue at hand when when you say that they're spinning it. That was the issue at hand. Like China's bringing in all these players, not just players, like managers, uh, yeah. like Gus Poyet managed in China, uh, Fabio Canovaro, uh, Rafa Benitez. <laughs> yeah. or, Fab-
2: or Fabio Capello, and- Fabio Capello. Or was there. Bilic just went there in January.
0: Yeah. And, oh. uh, and that was famously a bad time. Wait, 2021 20, January? Oh, no, it was 2020, 2020. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right, so, I mind. mean, th- and wow. three months later, he probably wanted to get out as fast as possible because of the COVID-19 pandemic and all the concerns with that. I just found it really interesting when we were taught, you guys are talking about them folding and it's because, because the soccer clubs are damaging the retail operations and I mean, you know, I, I, understand that like billionaires don't finance these soccer clubs through their soccer success and their soccer revenue. It's through their external revenue. And this is the same, this is the same retail ownership that owns Inter Milan. I think there's, I don't know if it's the same one, but I read that this, a similar thing's happening with the ownerships of, ownership of wolves. Like they're looking for external investment as well. Um, so yeah, no, it's 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 really, it's really interesting how. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, the world was expanding, and there's all these new, new competitors for players, um, and clubs, and managers. And now everything, you know, probably rightly so, because of COVID nineteen, is just closing, making everything a bit smaller and smaller, and everyone's, you know, pinching their pennies. I, I mean, I'm not a follower of what are they called, Jiangsu.
1: Yeah, Jiangsu FC. Janks
0: UFC. like I'm not a I'm not a follow of them or anything either. but I mean they were founded it founded in like 1948 as a semi-professional club and they became professional in like 1994 and from a purely soccer standpoint like that is sad that's sad that like there's a community losing their soccer club
2: uh one other thing I'll, I'll sort of talk to you from from my perspective and I'm sure your guys perspective as well like seeing this as a fan of like an English club European clubs I had a bad taste in my mouth from this idea of like oh they're just going to like build all these facilities and try and like almost like the the like great leap forward or something like they're going to try and like like muscle yeah. through this like manufacture this culture and also like build this league but then at the same time like how different is what they're doing than what the premier league did in terms of like right. building a financial superiority so on that in that sense I'm kind of more like obviously there's reservations like more than reservations. There's like deep issues with like the Chinese state and like, (laughs) (laughs) but controversial top thing to say. I know. Uh, I mean, that's an understatement,
1: obviously putting the cart before the horse here, Adrian. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, man.
2: Yeah. But point being like, it would have been cool to have another elite league like in the world. Yeah. Uh, And, and, and what country, did but, you think would be
0: more success like successful in doing that other than China you know what I mean like China is super rich yeah you're right they're trying to manufacture this soccer success but look how much look how much sporting success China has manufactured look at the Olympics yeah, who's third yeah. place second place at the Olympics every year it's, it's yeah. China yeah so I mean they have they have the groundwork for doing it in sport it just mm-hmm. clearly failed in
1: football is it is it more difficult to build that? In football like i feel like the mls kind of tried it too with like bringing in the high-priced veterans you know with david beckham and stuff like i know it's kind of a different situation like he was he went there and basically changed the whole uh landscape of soccer in north america but like i feel like once kind of uh canadians and americans kind of realized like okay we need to kind of start from the ground up here we need to like in- we need to get the kids involved, we need to get the academies. Like that's where the talent comes from. And now you're kind of seeing that with guys like Pulisic and Davies and those guys, right. Where I feel like, I feel like maybe in China, they're kind of starting, they're realizing that now where it's like, okay, we can't just hope to bring in, like, we can't just bring in these, these guys who are already good and kind of hoping that they'll sort of make the young kids better. I feel like it's like, you got to bring in, you got to establish it at the youth level. And only then, once those kids are kind of well-known, that's when you get the worldwide attention. And that's when you could start becoming a power. I feel like that's maybe what they're realizing. And maybe they thought that like investing in guys like Hulk and Oscar and Ramirez would make players want to go there more. But I feel like there was always... Every time a player went there, it was like, okay, they're going for one reason and one reason only because they're getting paid more money than they ever saw in their life before that in like three days. (laughs) Right. And, and that was like the main reason why they're going there. And now, and now maybe they're kind of thinking like, okay, let's, let's pull back and, and grassroots and, and stop, you know, luring guys here with billion dollar a year contracts or whatever.
0: Also, if it's not commercially profitable for, uh, for China, like, let's be honest, they're not gonna they're not gonna pursue it to death if if they can maybe restart in ten years and figure it out again. Exactly. Yeah, you know I mean, like they're they're not they're not strapped financially, but you know you have to you have to stop the bleeding somewhere. And oh, and sorry, just a thought of what you just what you were saying before. Yeah, Graziano Pele does not does not give a shit if kids in China want to play football because of him. He didn't yeah, learn Yeah. Fujonese. <laughs> like, uh so yeah, like I mean it was it was all about it was all about the money to get I don't even think those players it was secondary for those players to really influence the local system and the and, and the oh, players yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. Uh it was more about getting Oscar on television so they could distribute the CSL in Brazil. Mm. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly.
2: Yeah, But now it seems like the the right route where you're building the culture, because that's really what you need that foundation, because that's where you get fans from, too. That's where you get referees from uh, when you you invest in these further layers. Also, interestingly, um, you know, it seems like they would want to invest a little bit more in the women's game. I mean, the women are are. I think they their goal was to get the women. I think into the top ten, and I think they're around fifteenth right now in the world. Mm-hmm. And similarly, they were like, we need to crack like fifty in the men's in the men's uh, division. So you know, they already have a lot of success because you know the women's game has a lot less investment, so they can uh, break into that more easily just by funding it a little bit. Funding, as well as um,
0: especially in the women's game, where. Most people don't know it, so I feel like a lot of catching up. Like obviously, the top top teams like Brazil, United States, uh, England, France, whatever they're they're very difficult to catch up to. Um, but for like a country like China, I don't I don't think even maybe half of the countries that compete in FIFA men's compete in FIFA women's. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like there's there's much fewer countries that are participating in the women's game at the moment. Uh, and then you have the option of second-generation players from abroad playing for China. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a ton of Asian Americans that that have played for the United States national team, and as those teams become more competitive, what's the next step? Uh, you might be able to play for for the country that your parents represented. I mean, I'm Filipino. I've looked at the Philippine men's team. Not a single one of those players was born in the Philippines.
2: <laughs> I thought I thought you were like yeah. I okay. you were like trying how out. how far
0: going. off am I? Yeah, yeah I'm going in. <laughs> I'm jumping in. I can be Chinese for the football You could team. play, you
1: could, you could play, you could be, uh, you could play in a deep lying midfield role for the Philippines national team. Hope hey, I, I could see that.
0: Hey, I am all for cross gender football. I have watched the Canadian men's national team play so many times. I'm like, God, imagine if Christine Sinclair loves line, God damn it. she's like six yeah. one. She can hold up the ball. <laughs> uh
2: let's talk about some other fallen champions. Uh, specifically Celtic Celtic were this year going for their 10th consecutive win. And Steven Gerrard has stepped up for Rangers and stopped it. They've got six games left and no chance of being caught. Uh, did you guys catch that this week that Rangers
1: clinched the SBL? Another league that I wish was on TV here, especially for this season. Cause that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing to witness. And I feel like it got so over, I mean, obviously it gets so overshadowed because it's the Scottish league, but Celtic are finally dethroned and, uh, give it up for Stevie G man. I mean, I he couldn't... doing the best job, managerial job of the former England, uh, midfielders of that generation this season. A- a- am I, am I wrong in saying that? Sorry, say that again. about
0: Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. What'd you just say about
1: Stephen Gerrard? He's doing the best managerial job this season of like that generation of uh, England of England players. <laughs> so Rangers is-
0: Rangers are doing a great job. Um, remind me how many different teams have won the Scottish Premier Hello. League again
1: i know i think i think i saw that that this was rangers 55th league title
2: yeah but
1: ten in a row
2: everyone yeah. thought it was gonna happen they yeah. won like they they were like let's go for our fourth consecutive
1: rebel treble, treble. Yeah. like
2: they're like the team yeah. was just head and shoulders i think he did do I'm a impressed. lot of work
1: yeah the weight wa- and-
0: rangers is wage belt is more than every team below them combined. The only team that their that their wage bill is less than is Celtic. Like, yes, good for them. They beat the only other team that they're competing with. <laughs> like, it didn't. It's not like Hi- is Hibernian in the Scottish Premier League. St Johnston maybe that's a team I could Motherwell, say. St. John- Motherwell, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Hearts, These are the you Aberdeen, know, the Tottenham's,
2: yeah. the Everton's of Scotland. Yeah. Do I mean, like okay, Aberdeen,
0: okay. Aberdeen is like a far third place, but what's it, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, I mean, like
2: yeah, they're, you're
0: just competing against one other play, one other club. You're not competing against the, against the rest of the Premier League.
2: I think this is smart from Stevie G because he's not going to like a big club. He's going to a, a smaller club than, than Liverpool. I'm not saying Rangers is a small club. Like don't at me. I don't have the social media. So you can't, <laughs> but, but Rangers are like, they're huge historic. They're one of the top two so there's an expectation so yes there there is reason that they should win but you still have to live up to that expectation he's still delivering it and i'll point out they're doing really well in the uefa cup they made it to the round of 16 and in the round of 32 they you know beat uh potential benteke destination royal antwerp 5-2 <laughs> on aggregate so I mean they've got a chance to go relatively deep in that competition.
1: And weren't they in the second division like 5 years ago? Didn't they get relegated based on some sort of financial something or or scandal or something? I feel like they they weren't in the prem in the Scottish prem for for a few years which contributed to several uh Celtic titles.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it was as recent as 5 years ago, but but that definitely happened. There is a uh, like a big scandal. I, I forget the details now, but some financial shenanigans got them sent down to like the third division, I think, Juve style.
1: Yeah, I also I also, ha- I have a special place in my heart for Rangers because I don't know if Adrian remembers this, but we had a, uh, a co-managerial FIFA oh. career mode with Rangers, <laughs> and uh, we signed uh, Nicholas Bentner to the squad, and he scored yeah. like 30 goals one year, and it was amazing, and it was a great time. So, uh, the special place, the, my heart,
2: the purpose of the file was more or less making it true that <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Bender was the best striker in the world. We wanted him to have a one to one goal <laughs> ratio to games.
0: <laughs> oh, my days. That is the thing you should take away from this Rangers winning the league thing is that it is very good move for Steven Gerrard's resume and Steven Gerrard's career. Is the Scottish Premier League the most competitive league in the world? Absolutely not. Like there's one, like I said, there's one team to, be, there's one other team to beat. Doesn't really matter, but he gets his face on those, on those European games and people are watching him play against bigger competition. And like, let's be real. People have uh, a, a lot of clubs and, and boards have recency bias and they see that that short success in a small time span. And maybe that can be, imagine if we gave that manager more tools to work with, uh, so, I mean, like, yeah, it's a great move for Stevie G. I don't think it actually moved, like moves the needle for him as a manager as much as people say, but I'm sure he's going to be rewarded for it
2: regardless. Mm-hmm. Whatever he does next season is, I think, going to be the the big barometer of, of where he's at maybe as a manager and what he might be ready for in the next, like, five years or so. But I think he's deliberately taking
1: it slow, which is and, great. And, and if you look at someone like Brendan Rodgers who was at Celtic and now he's, I mean, he, he had a resume before, like he was obviously with Liverpool and then he went to Celtic and won three straight titles. And now he's guiding Leicester to, to, you know, maybe a top four, top three finish in in the Premier League. So for someone like Steven Gerrard, I mean, like it's, yeah, I mean, maybe the Scottish league isn't the best league in the world. It's not the most competitive, but for someone like that, who's kind of honing their managerial craft, like, it's still a top tier league in the world like it's still it's still a top level and if you take brendan rodgers as an example then it it it's it wouldn't be shocking i don't think to any of us if stevie g left rangers maybe for a, a club who has aspirations a club you know with a bird as its logo uh maybe one who maybe has european hopes with a young team that he can mold into his vision uh, with their manager, who's really old, who's potentially on his way out. Um, I wouldn't say that you. Allardyce is
2: really old. I mean, I, I know that.
1: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like I'm just saying, like it, it. I mean, good for Stevie G, good for good for Rangers, and I just hope that you know, and, and definitely Premier League clubs are definitely taking notice, and I would not be shocked if he if he stepped into you know a Newcastle or a Crystal Palace or a West Brom or. You know any any of these clubs who who have aspirations on something getting somewhere further than they are right now?
0: Yeah, th- like this is the kind of accomplishment that I feel like if he wants to come to England, it's it's just enough to skip the requirement of having to promote a championship team. You know what I mean? It's like like you like you said Newcastle. Like if there's a team that just escapes relegation and, and their new new manager, like that's the guy. Like maybe not that's the guy, but like that's the resume you want to find. Like this is a well, like I said, not exactly the most competitive league, but like he's put he's he's found success out of this team in 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 a different league and he's won a title. So that could that makes him jump the line. And let's be honest, Steven Gerrard is not managing in a non-English speaking country.
2: Well I yeah. think that's actually a big a big point because where's where else would he go than england but personally i find it really hard to imagine him at any premier league club except for liverpool which he's not ready for and he knows he's not ready for i can't imagine him coming to newcastle because honestly who would want to go to newcastle (laughs) like but other teams too but newcastle specifically like it's a it's a toxic environment right now I don't want to go off on it too much, but I was thinking about this today. Like you've got to be political and you've got to balance Ashley and you've got to balance the fans because they don't like each other and you can't have either hating you too much. um, But even if you have good results, if you're too complimentary to Ashley, the fans will not accept you and you're not going to get that much investment. You don't have a great training route or infrastructure. The only really good infrastructure is St. James's which isn't being, you know, lived up to his potential right now. So why would you go to Newcastle? You wouldn't. (laughs) But in addition to that, where else in the prem? I I don't know. Newcastle is
0: like, that's the very specific, like that's the very specific issue with Newcastle in particular mm -hmm. that I don't think those other possibly not relegated teams, like he could go to Brighton. You know what I mean? Like he could go to West Brom maybe. Like Burnley. Yeah, I, like, like there's no, like those teams aren't doing well enough to say that we should keep their manager on for another year, but they're also not, do, not doing so poorly that it's like, we need to sack someone right now. Ger- Gerard, I think is in that in-between ground where it's like, if you want to change, he's a good one to get. It's a, it's a, it's a name. He understands the Premier League. That's something that's underrated, is that he is so successful in the Premier League. Like it's not like Lampard when he came into Chelsea. Like everyone's like, oh, nepotism, nepotism. No, no one wanted the fucking job because they didn't have any money that year. It's like he has he has a reputation in the Premier League, and so he might be able to draw something out of that experience.
1: As usual, you guys are overlooking Palace. I think perfect destination. And right. I'm not just Palace saying this because I'm a terrible. fan, but yeah, they're they're not good. But they have really good young players. Their U18 team, I think, is first in, in their division. The U23s are doing well. All of their – we were talking about this earlier. Uh, They're their old guys. The mainstays, a lot of them are out the door. And it's kind of the perfect place for, you know, someone who really wants to come in somewhere where they could build something. And uh, I, I don't know. For a guy like Stevie G who won the title, uh, he might pull a Kawhi and say, like, I want something – better wants to maybe go closer to home uh even though all the all the the london is london closer yeah i was like is
2: glasgow (laughs) i don't know i (laughs) I was
1: as as evidenced in previous episodes you guys are better at geography than i am so uh... i mean yeah
2: it's not like he's going to the island of gibraltar or something (laughs) it's not that far can i say one more thing about stevie i know we've talked too much about him already Um, but you, you just made a pitch for palace. I think I made my position like relatively clear, but let me actually make the case. I think he's got to stay at Rangers. I think that's the best move for him. He's not going to move abroad, but at Rangers, now he's got to defend the title. That's a valuable experience. Then after that, he's got to try and win it again. There's no less expected at Rangers. Then he's got to, uh, try and improve their prospects in Europe. So I think he's getting like consistency challenging for titles the challenge of like maintaining success at a club and trying to push into European competition. I, I think that's a good mix of, of difficult, um, experiences and expectations that he can use to push up to the only club I could see imagining at in England, which is Liverpool. Hope, you want to say uh, why you think he's going to go to, I don't know, Wolves when you know, <laughs> uh,
0: well, no, I, like uh, again, like I said, or actually, like you said, like I've brought up these examples, and I, I said it myself. Like, if they want to make a change, like he, he would be that guy that to make the change. But I actually agree entirely with you. Staying at Rangers is the, is the thing to do, because like you know, one, you have to prove it's not a flash in the pan, and situationally, by winning the title, he has skipped the requirement to me to go to the championship. He doesn't need to manage in the championship to prove anything. He's already won in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I don't know how how people rate those two leagues differently, but I, I just don't believe he needs to fight for promotion to get a job in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. And then, I mean, you mentioned the Europa League, Adrian, and, and increasing Rangers prospects in Europe. They're taking on Slavia Prague. And, I mean, I could see them definitely winning that tie and advancing, and I think... You know, imagine if if Stevie G's Ranger side comes up against, uh, you know Manchester United or Spurs in the next round. What something like that could even do for you know his stock, if he if he would win that or even even give you know Man U or Spurs like a run for their money. Uh, I mean, and that I feel like he's looking at that at that uh, with kind of dollar signs and glory in his eyes right now.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, like, I think if that happens, he loses, but who knows Yeah, (laughs) if if they win, that's huge. Um, and I think people in football put big stock in like being a winner. I think Mm. the idea of like, he won the championship and it's not his first season there. He's, he's built something a little bit, but I think the fact that he's won something is huge. (music) Let's move into our random predictions uh, this is where we, every week, take seven games from leagues that we are not familiar with, teams we don't really know how to gauge against each other, and then three predictions from a league we're more familiar with, usually the Prem. Uh, we're recording this on International Women's Day, so all the random predictions are women's teams, and we're going to go around to different uh, different parts of Europe and see what we think about
1: these teams that we don't know anything about, unfortunately. Earlier today, I was watching. I was watching Reading versus Bristol uh, in the FA Women's Super League. Also, I was watching uh, during the Chelsea Everton game. Uh, Peter Drury was on, on the call, and Karen Carney was uh, the color commentator, and she is amazing. Honestly, like. I'm not just saying this because it's international women's day, but like hearing her on the call is amazing. And she is way better than Jim Beglin. And I think it's time for, uh, for uh, whoever produces the games to get, to make Peter Drury and Karen Carney, uh, the main, the main commentary duo. Cause she could be the Doris Burke of uh, the premier league. Uh, you know, who I really like listening
2: to is Emma Sampson, Chelsea women manager. She's, she's yeah. great. There's a lot of hype around her. People being like, you know, she should coach men. And she's like, well, I don't know. Like I'm winning here. Yeah. The team's really good. Why am I going to leave? That'd be awesome.
0: She was was also very insulted by that question. Like how dare you tell me that, that managing men is a, is a step up from me leading an excellent women's team. Yeah. And in fairness, how dare you? Their team's
1: fantastic. Do you guys remember when John Herdman got, he was the coach of the, the Canadian women's national team. Mm -hmm. And every they like they moved him to the men's side and they kind of framed it as a promotion but just his like body language and his face and like the sadness in his being when he got like so clearly demoted was just great it was just great to see as i mean i'm sure he that suck. I'm,
0: I'm sure uh and and this is a whole topic on its own but i'm sure he saw the pay raise
1: and uh and yeah, his sadness sad. was allayed Yeah, but I mean, like, man, to go from coaching Christine Sinclair and Kadisha Buchanan and Ashley Lawrence and ladies like that, and then here's Kyle Aaron, fresh off sitting on the bench in Turkey for seven months. Have fun, bud. Kyle Aaron's playing
0: well in Turkey, at the least. They move him to right wing. Yeah, they move him to right wing, and somehow he's doing well. It's because he's a he's a good signing on FIFA. Atiba Hutchinson was like,
2: buddy, we need you. You'll never find a stronger winger in the world. Okay, let's move to some top-tier women's professional football that we don't know anything about. Uh, Hope, we'll go to you first. We're going to the Danish league. We got Fortuna versus HB Køge. Køge. I like yes. how your
0: face changed
2: when you. Well, you, you HB Køge. You, you got to do that. That's what the little O with the line through it means. You gotta. You gotta give it a little like Køge.
0: Based go to on Denmark that, man based on that alone Fortuna is going to win
1: <laughs> 2-1 I'm going to go with HB Koga 2-1 opposite score same facial expression as Adrian I hope I, I'm not going to split it Fortuna means like luck right?
2: Yep, fortune? In, in I would Italian. assume so <laughs> hey man there, Denmark's not too far from Italy, if you think about it. <laughs> uh, and uh, True. you know, that's enough. That's enough to get a result in my books. Uh, <laughs> let's move to Switzerland. We've got Luzern versus Lugano. Did Say you guys give me. your predictions? Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, keep, keep up, dude. Yeah, what are you doing? Research? <laughs> you know, he's trying, to, he's trying to get me doing that Koga thing, like out of his head. <laughs>
1: He is making that um, into an Instagram reel as we speak. That is what he's doing. Am, he is editing videos.
2: Oh god. Oh, yeah, as soon as I did um, it, I
1: was like, uh, what an what
2: an idiot you are. <laughs> uh anyways, uh loser
1: 1-0. Losern
2: are not loser in this game.
1: Uh Ooh. yes, they are, because Lugano is gonna take this three-one. Could you imagine
0: me who like got two points last week doing research? I think I I think my weekly
2: performance proves that I do the least research. (laughs) I mean, you're playing the game right then. Did you look into the results from last week? It was an interesting week. We had some movement in the table. Uh, Nick, you managed to maintain your five point lead at the top there. Colin was, of course, trailing you last week. This week, we got a new second place.
1: It's the goatee boys.
2: After two Slumping weeks. I have r- risen <laughs> with an eleven-point week, second highest Ooh. week after Nick Gill. I'm now five points behind Nick, and Colman is is one point behind me. Nick Gill continuing strong. He's got the best uh, prediction present percentage. He predicts fifty-one percent of results correctly, but he's done about half the results that we've predicted. Hope uh, didn't have an inspiring week, but he had a solid five. And Richard is back to business as usual. He dropped down to two points last week, but he's got his his four this week. He's back up. (laughs) Also notable, I just want to call this out. I predicted all the games in the Prem correctly, including Sheffield, Southampton, and West Brom, Newcastle, perfectly. And I predicted a Fulham win, which I'm super pleased about.
1: Uh, congratulations are are due where they're due and I'm going to congratulate you on a uh, on a great week I'm impressed I also uh I'm nervous that you're you know rising from the ashes like a phoenix and coming for my my perch but I don't know I don't think you're I don't think you're there quite yet my form is still sparkling
0: yeah if there was a prize involved this would matter more to me
1: Oh, there will be. Yeah, there's going to there be a, is a prize. prize. There is a based
2: prize. Based on, and this will be a little Easter egg for you fans at home. Uh, it's going to be based off the trophy for South Korean baseball. <laughs> that's what it's going to be based off of. I, I mean, it's Luzern's not the sword because because that's not the trophy. <laughs> Isn't it? No. What's the trophy? That was, that was, Why did they get was, a sword then? <laughs> because
0: you guys sent the link.
2: It's. It, did they gave read this? Uh, While well, I
0: was in <laughs> Korean, of course you couldn't read it. Um, no, it's they gave them the sword, but that wasn't the that wasn't the trophy for winning the baseball league. It was it was just like a gift to the team for winning the league from the ownership because the ownership makes video games.
2: Oh, okay. Well, in, this, in that case, uh, there will be a gift from the person who makes the predictions table that's based on the gift that a video game company gave the baseball team they own as a prize for winning the league. Oh, There's no trophy, though, so you don't win anything in that respect. But you may get a snazzy gift okay. from the dollar store. I think loser's going to win 2-0. Okay, let's move to the uh, Chechia. The former Czech Republic, which is rebranded recently, and we're very proud of them. <laughs> uh, it's Slovan Liberec versus Polzin. Polzin's going to pullzin it off. one nil. All right, 1-0, and I have the decency not to boo you.
1: Is this Victoria, Polzin?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be not just Victoria. There's uh, 11 <laughs>
1: players at least. Well, if this is, I'm not doing any research. I'm not even looking at the sheet on which the names are written. So I'm just going to assume it's a uh, Victoria pulls and that as much as Fortuna means fortune, Victoria clearly means victory. So we're going to go with them to pull off a big win and it's going to be four 0 let's go. How are
0: you not looking at the names? How are you going to make fun of Adrian for his
1: pronunciation? Uh, I just, I assume he does it wrong and I just, the chirps start flowing. <laughs>
2: All right, here we go. We've got uh, me so making my prediction now. <laughs> uh, so I'm playing a, a video game right now that's set in the Czech Republic in the 15th century. I'm what enjoying it very much. It's called Deliverance: Kingdom Come. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, it's great. Have you played oh. it? I have it. Oh, it's you know, start playing. It's so fun. I yeah. mean, if you like it's certain type of game, it's really fun
0: i've uh, seen you, plenty
2: of it i'm I'm hyped but i just need to find 50 hours yeah man shooting arrows is so hard <laughs> it's like it's so hard um but yeah it's really good you just basically do errands for the first bit <laughs> while while people try and murder you and you're like i gotta get charcoal for my daddy
0: <laughs> yeah i heard it's like the only rpg where it's like yeah, you're shit at living in this
2: world <laughs> yeah because you're just some like medieval peasant and like yeah, if there's two guys player. and you try and fight them like you're gonna they're, die. they're gonna go on either side of you and they're both gonna stab you like <laughs> you don't have a good chance um everyone comes up to you all the time and they're like why are you so dirty because <laughs> you have to bathe but i'm like i, I don't what? know where the baths are <laughs> where do i get where do i clean my clothes
0: uh, you have so, uh, to find a creek or steal some water from the pig's trough basically <laughs> sorry go on now
2: uh, anyway for that reason uh, slovan two one <laughs> uh, these next two teams they both got a connection to Middlesbrough so let me ask you a bit of trivia I guess Nick because because hope you're you're looking at the the teams did you know Nick that Steve McLaren won a title in holland i did not i don't think no yeah he's the last english manager i think to win a title and he won it with do you know which of these two teams he won it with hope i'm a? gonna
1: take a stab can I, oh no hope i could take a stab. well you
2: can guess too
1: i assume uh, it was fc Twente. yeah it was it was fc oh, 20 it was. i was gonna uh, i was gonna guess psv eindhoven
2: nah it was Twente. it was actually a pretty good uh underdog oh. story uh, and not just because they were managed by Steve McLaren. Um, and also here in Veen kind of destroyed Middlesbrough in a way because <laughs> they sold Alfonso Avez to Middlesbrough uh, and he was crap. He was amazing in the Dutch league and crap in the Prem. Anyway, Hope, here in Veen verse 20, who are you picking? Uh,
0: the success of Steve McLaren lives on. At Twente, especially the ladies team, I suppose. Uh, so Twente will win three 0
1: I saw something today. This is so weird that you bring up uh, SC. I think it in in FIFA. Uh, Derek Ray pronounces as SC Headenvine. It's funny that you bring them up because I saw something today on on Reddit, and it was like SC Head and Vine is the most balanced team ever, and it was their like their standing line, and it was like they've played this many games, but they have eight wins, nine draws, eight losses. They have 33 goals for and 33 goals against and a goal differential of like zero. It was great. I don't know how that relates to this, but they're going to win and uh, they're going to win one nil. Interesting.
2: Something you may not know about here in vain is they have little hearts on their jerseys, on their home kits. And I like that. So I I say they're going to win two one. I wish I had known. <laughs> I know it changes. Sometimes you learn something; it changes your mind. Okay, next up, we've got Gangol. and so that was Gangal versus Gpso ninety two issy. Gangol. is that a
1: is, is that Haunter's final evolution? So, I googled this one.
2: That's more or less how you say it is Gangal. Yeah, you're right. It is okay. Yeah.
0: Um, that's. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong because anytime I've heard Didier Drogba or Florent Malouda speak of their former club, they refer to it as Gwingon.
2: Uh Oh, maybe, maybe it did say American pronunciation on Google. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I don't know um, why they'd have just like, this is how you say it wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what if you're if you don't speak the language and you say it with their accent you sound pretentious if you say it wrong you sound obnoxious there's no winning you know um so regardless gang gone is gonna win <laughs> 2-0 uh
1: hope i said there's no winning and that's why i'm gonna say this one has a draw written all over it and it's gonna be 1-1 i think it's gonna be 3-0 to uh
2: the Team that formerly had Florent Maluda and DDA Drogba gang. The ladies' on. team. Oh yeah, they play for the ladies. That's what people don't know. Hence Drogba's hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to Germany. We got Potsdam versus SC Sand. Ooh. Fun Ooh. fact about them, it's not Sandhosen. It's a different team. Fun.
1: Um Potsdam and Sands will draw one-one uh i like i usually like to uh end my night by dabbling in a little pots dam and uh we're going to say that that is going to propel them to a nice uh rolled up victory i don't know if that makes any sense i don't care but they're gonna take this one three nil. all right dank
2: Which, of course, is thank you in German, right? I'm pronouncing that one right, surely. I'm pretty sure it's Danke. Oh, sure there you go. I'm pretty sure it's yeah.
0: danke. Or Danke schön.
2: Danke schön. haut. Uh, 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 I think I'm going to say Enschuldegang to Potsdam. Uh, because they're going to win. Uh, They're going to lose, sorry. They're going to lose 1-3. Why would I say Unschuldegang when I say they win? Because it means sorry. Uh, More or less. Probably not the way I said it. Okay, now we got the big one, guys. We got the big one. We got NUWFC. What does that stand for? Newcastle United Women's Football Club. We got the Lady Magpies, the Women of Walsington at Druid Park. They're hosting Bolton Wanderers. What do you think, Hope You think they're going to wander on in and, and get a result? I mean, can you be relegated in the women's division? Yeah, this is, I think, the second division. Oh, the second division. Well, it's division one, but I think the top division has a different name. It's not the top division.
0: Okay. I um, have to imagine they're doing better than the men's team. Uh, Newcastle
2: women's are going to win 3-1. I'll remind you that the men's team is in the top division, even if they are bad. <laughs> it's just—it's just about form, not placement. Right. Fair enough. And I'm sure they're much less depressing to watch. Uh, Nick, what do you think?
1: Uh, I, yeah, I'm thinking along the same lines. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna—I'm just gonna stick. I'm gonna go with my gut, and my gut is telling me that the uh, female magpies are going to take this one one.
2: That's uh, the lady magpies actually is the official nickname.
1: lady lady magpies. Thank you. Uh,
2: I, I just Shit. want them to win. I'm going to say they get a clean sheet. I'm going to call it two nil. Now we're going to move into, uh, men's soccer for games that we're more familiar with. We've got palace versus West Brom, uh, palace known as the Eagles, but did you know they have another nickname, Nick? What is that? It's the glaziers which is kind of like the glazers I thought was interesting, but it's because oh. like a glazier installs glass and in it's crystal palace.
1: Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. There you go. A little
2: bit of little uh, tidbit. Of wow. Yeah. You That's learn fun. when you listen to this podcast, uh, wow. for example, maybe hope a will tell us what the result will be.
0: Oh, uh, you know, West Brom are still fighting. Um, but palace are still better. Palace wins one now.
1: Yeah. You know, despite losing four, one to Spurs, I think, I don't even really think that Palace played that badly. I know that's kind of crazy to say, but Spurs really just, you know, it was Spurs' top players that, that buried Palace. Harry Kane having two goals and two assists. Gareth Bale having two of those goals, I believe. But West Brom don't have a Harry Kane. They don't have a Hugman san They don't have a, a Gareth Bale. So Palace is not going to have that difficult of a time. Zaha is going to start. Uh, He is going to score, and uh, Palace is going to take it 1-0. Brave. Brave predictions. I am going to
2: put my eggs in Sam Allardyce's basket because I don't think the Palace are good at breaking teams down. I don't know if they're going to be able to get a result against a West Brom team that's going to be organized by Allardyce. I'm a little nervous because, you know, Palace do have the dribblers and the creative players to maybe make a difference here, but I'm just going to call it a nil-nil. And next, uh, last week we we did Newcastle results, so we're going to do both your teams this week. We've got Chelsea and Leeds, or Leeds and Chelsea. So it's going to be at Elland Road. I think,
0: uh, I think Chelsea are going to, their clean sheet record is going to come to an end. Uh, they're going to let in a goal, but they're still going to win 2-1.
1: 2-1. I think
0: Leeds are too aggressive of a team uh, for Chelsea's back three compared to the last couple teams they've played. Leeds loves letting in goals anyways.
1: Yeah, it's shocking kind of how good Chelsea has been defensively since Tuchel arrived. And Leeds were hard, really hard done by today against uh, West Ham. But I think, I think, yeah, I think Chelsea's going to take this. They're going to concede, but they're also going to score a boatload, so it's going to be 3-1 Chelsea at the end. 3-1 Chelsea. Hopi, what was your reaction there?
0: Oh, um, Nick just said that it's been surprising how how solid they've been defensively recently. Um, I don't know how much more solid you can get than adding another centre-back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like it's not that surprising.
1: <laughs> We've added another defender to our back line. <laughs> fair enough um. i mean but still i mean wasn't it what five straight clean sheets at home to start the year that's the first time that's ever happened in premier league history with a new with a, with a manager in their first five matches yeah so but, i mean yeah. it's 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 pretty surprising
0: even statistically i think the performance is very good yeah maybe the clean sheet record is what's surprising um but like a, like i don't think three at the back is is particularly a, a like, you're, you're disadvantaged defensively with the way fullbacks attack these days. I mean, you know, people are... Back yeah. lines are left out with three these days anyways. So, at least they're three solid center backs. That's Pelaqueta's exactly. all-time. I'm not that surprised.
2: Yeah, I think for me, like, it's just interesting seeing how Chelsea are now just really controlling games and maybe they don't always look like they're going to make that final thrust, but they are just keeping the ball and, and picking their yeah. spots. It's almost more like sorry than... And Lampard's almost a move back towards that kind of similarity
0: we are, we are we've trans- transitioned much more to a possession team as well and and a lot of that comes with um you know Tuchel just doesn't want to doesn't want to give up the ball in transition with how attacking he wants Alonso to be on the left side mm. like you just, you just humanly can't do it um so yeah it's discipline
2: yeah, and uh based on all that information I sneakily wrung from your brains, I'm gonna I'll just copy your result at 2-1. I'm kidding. That was that was interesting to talk about. Uh next we have what may might be the second biggest match of the weekend. Uh we have the North London Derby. We've got Arsenal hosting Spurs. For me, I think four one
0: against Palace was um I mean, like, I think it was a deserved win. I think it was pretty surprising to get four goals. Um, Arsenal. Is it a Derby anymore? (laughs) Does a Derby matter? Yeah. Uh, I think so. And it's just without the fans, maybe. It's just taking Um, it all away from me. You know what I mean? Uh, Like, even even last week when Manchester United and City played, like, you know, the pundits go off, but... Fuck, like, nothing happens in the stadium. Your heart's not in it anymore. Um, For me, I still think the players get up for these kind of games, though. Uh, And I think Arsenal's going to get up for this game. I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw.
2: Mm. Man, we can
1: only hope, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't mind if that's a perfect result for you. (laughs) Honestly, like, I feel like... I feel like Arsenal's kind of been, like, forgotten recently. I mean...
2: To and be fair, like, reason.
1: yeah, I mean, they haven't really been, they haven't really been kind of in the upper echelon of teams for a while. And they're just kind of hanging out in 10th place. There's still like this top six club, but like, I feel like people just don't really talk about them as much just because they've been so disappointing. But yeah, I kind of think they're kind of lurking in the shadows, even though Spurs were really clinical against Palace, Gareth Bales on form. I still think Spurs are, are going to come out on top. But I, I think you know, maybe I'm gonna I get away from my big club nil nil role because this isn't really a game involving two big clubs. So, we're gonna say that Spurs are gonna take this one 2 1. Who's not big? Name names the Gunners.
2: Oh man, yeah, I don't yeah. know how they're gonna recover from the loss of Gunnersaurus, but um, all right, so I think it's gonna be really interesting, like what Mourinho does here. I can see him just like. I could see him being negative here, trying to like steal it on the break. Uh, but we gotta hope for more, don't we? Uh, I'm gonna call it. Uh, uh, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it for Arsenal. Yeah. No, you did. You called it for Arsenal. I'm gonna no, call I, it for Spurs. I called call it it for Spurs. Spurs. Yeah. Jesus.
0: <laughs> it is an well, interesting contradiction, though, where it's like Spurs have the. "Quote unquote attacking talent, but yeah, you're right. Like Mourinho would be very negative in this game, wouldn't?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking that too. I mean, like he, yeah, like they kind of went full bore against Palace, so I could fully see park park the bus. I mean, I don't know.
2: uh, He needs points. Yeah, like maybe not exactly park the bus, but like let's go there and frustrate them and hit them on the counter.
1: They're playing in the Europa League too this week so i wonder if maybe like they do a bit of a uh, squad rotation here maybe rest some key players yeah um, and arsenal they like to bring the ball up so I, I mean maybe he's just gonna say like listen don't don't bother pressuring pressuring them in their third but if granted jacka scores on himself on his own net again i don't know if you guys saw that that was uh oh, yeah incredibly hilarious do you see uh, a goal
0: for spurs
2: do you see do you think arsenal have the attacking talent well, Aubameyang is, is maybe back among the goals, so maybe he's going to get one. Uh, I'm, You know what? I'm going to call it 2-0 for Spurs. I'm going to say that maybe they, they pull it out here. You will have noticed that I said it was the second biggest game of the weekend. On Sunday, we've got a, maybe an even bigger game between two titans of the bottom divisions. We have the Papa John Trophy Final. So who out of Sunderland versus Tranmere Rovers are going to take – Sunday as a slice in their history books. Are the black cats going to come out victorious or are Mike Dean's men going to prove too much for the red and white?
0: Mike oh, Dean's man. paid off the referee and he's going to be in the crowd like a madman. But Because I don't know if, I don't know if you guys have seen Mike Dean at Tranmere Rovers games. Um, but yeah, you see the, you see the supporter in him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Tranmere are gonna win uh by penalties. All right,
2: what just give me the penalty score uh four three by penalty
1: four three penalties. Okay, so I'm assuming this that Papa John is the pizza chain at the very same. I'm gonna have to go I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Sunderland. I think it's finally time for them to uh, achieve some sort of some semblance of glory. Uh, they haven't really seen any glory since Josh Maja was uh, uh, scoring goals, was filling the onion bag at the uh, Stadium of Light. And uh, I think that uh, they're going to add this this trophy, which I assume is in the a triangle shape uh, with some pepperoni slices on it and that little like pepper thing that Papa John's gives you in every box when you order a pizza. Uh, when you order one of their very average, very subpar – third division pizza so i think sunderland Sunderland's going to take this i think it's going to be one nil uh it's going to be uh, an uproarious affair hope i mentioned a crowd even though it's a global pandemic and there won't be a crowd so um did i mention yeah. a crowd <laughs> yeah <laughs> you well, you, said oh, mike you said mike dean was going to be in the crowd was going to slip with the crowd anyway uh uh-huh. yeah i think i'm going to go with uh, sunderland uh black cats uh, are going to take this one one nil and they're going to add the papa john trophy to their uh trophy case that is just bulging with silverware. They are going to have to move some trophies around. They're going to have to find some space on the shelves to put this, this trophy, this plaque, but I I think they'll find a way.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll have to move uh, the 1973 FA cup. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe some other things too. Maybe like the six first division trophies they won. I mean, they were all between 1936 so maybe they were smaller back then. Hey, Nick, you also understand that the trophy existed
0: before Papa John's was the sponsor, right? They didn't model it after a pizza once Papa John's
2: became a sponsor. <laughs> hey, you don't know that. They could have changed what it looks like. You know, I think they also won a 1937 FA Cup. So maybe they'll just throw that in the garbage and, and make room for that. My point is don't dis- disrespect, man. I think they've won more trophies than Palace. So probably. History, I can man. disrespect. Yeah, you can. I'm just I'm just busting (laughs) your ass because my dad's a Sunderland fan. My dad likes Sunderland. I know it's a major source of guilt that as a child I converted to Newcastle. But I know my love for Newcastle is true because I feel terrible (laughs) and I wish I could. Part of me is like, you know, what if I went back to Sunderland? But obviously that's impossible.
1: If Dave can stomach his two only sons being fans of of his club's direct rival, I think he can deal with me his son's friend disparaging Sunderland once on this little podcast.
2: Yeah, but I can't take it because of of years and years of I broke he had a mug that was like oh no. uh Greaves who's like he scored an insane amount of goals for for Sunderland and it had the number of games and goals and I accidentally broke it and the look in his eyes which clearly had like a little bit of like first you leave. <laughs> now you vandalized. <laughs> well i oh man i felt terrible i felt so bad oh, um, no. and i've tried i've looked on amazon it's not there it doesn't to exist a custom
1: made Got yeah.
2: i'll have to i looked on the sunderland gift shop website
1: it's not there it was a one it was a specifically greaves uh made the mug specifically for your dad i think i think do he you like, remember went to the glass blowing store and got them Are to you- do it and do you yeah, remember maybe. what it looks like, Adrian?
0: I, I know where we can get this made. You okay. can get this made anywhere. Well, here's as long is, as you remember what it looks
2: like. Well, it was like red and white stripes. And then I think on one side, it probably had the Sunderland logo. And the other side had like a black and white image of Greaves. And then the number of games, the number of goals. It was. I, I just think this
0: would be like a that. lovely gift for that you could yeah. give to Dave. And yeah. a very, very, very simple amazing. thing for you to be made. Hey, his yeah.
2: birthday's coming up. If they got to express shipping, like let's get that in.
0: Like honestly, let's we just need this. to make the image on... Make the image, put it on Redbubble, and then get it shipped to you.
2: All right. That's a good idea. Um, let me let me if I may quote from my father now. When I asked him, how would you feel? No, what I said quote was, Would you be happy if they win? And he said, Not a very prestigious trophy. <laughs> and then some other stuff. But that was the gist of it. And then he quickly changed. He said Pompey tomorrow, scared to watch because they're a bogey team. Portsmouth, they always get get one over at Sunderland. But the question is Tranmere. I think Sunderland are going to beat Tranmere. They've got defensive problems with some injuries, but I think they're going to win 2-1, which is a risky prediction because they are the 1-1 draw specialists. They always get their 1-1 draws. That is our prediction's table for this week we're going to get the other guys to put their predictions in Uh, let's see if Nick can keep his lead let's see if Hope can gain some ground after some lackluster performances and let's see if we as a podcast can get our numbers up you can help you can find us on Google Play uh, Spotify Apple Podcasts wherever you find excellent podcasts with charming and handsome hosts who uh, don't get any joy from their teams so please give them some joy by making their podcast successful, uh, hope a third of the podcast you can give her or leave because Chelsea, Chelsea performed. <laughs> I got my cat and I banged his little head. Oh. oh, you okay buddy? You want to chew on my headphones? You please don't.